influence generate our motivation. And really feel quite delighted that we have the opportunity to listen to teachings and to study this very precious text, the 108 verses on compassion. And so let's generate the motivation to do this so that we can increase our own compassion and use that compassion as a cause to generate bodhicitta, the aspiration for highest enlightenment in order to repay the kindness of sentient beings, alleviate their dukkha, and lead them to be able to develop their highest potential and become Buddhas themselves. So let's have that long-term motivation, what we're about to do. at this text, the 108 verses on compassion, called A Precious Crystal Rosary. So I started to teach it the last two years I was here, and both years I didn't get past verse 9. So I thought this year we'll just read the first nine verses quickly, and then start with verse 10. If you weren't here either of the previous years, if you go at, on to org, you can find the talks from the previous two years. And if the battery holds here, we might have the talk from this year too, but I'm not sure. Okay, so the text starts out, uh, Namo Mahakaranikaya. So Mahakaranikaya means the great compassionate one. That is referring to uh, Chenrezig, or in Sanskrit the name is Avalokiteshvara, uh, Kuan Yin in Chinese, Kanan in uh, Japanese. In any case, the uh, Buddha of compassion. So first paying homage to that Buddha, who's an embodiment of compassion before starting to uh, think about compassion. So this text is written by a, uh, a Mongolian, actually, his name was, his name was Lama Losan Tayang. Okay, I'm not sure when he lived. I have, I'm not sure when he lived. Anyway, now the first verse starts out, the door to the path of the great beings is the great seal of the Mahayana, the seed of great awakening. I prostrate with devotion to great compassion. Okay, so the door to the path of the great beings being the bodhisattvas, the great seal of the Mahayana, so the, the thing that really represents the Mahayana teachings. Okay, 
say the seed of great awakening because in order to become a, a attain full enlightenment the greatest awakening then compassion is a definite prerequisite and not only compassion but specifically great compassion and then the verse ends I prostrate with devotion to great compassion the difference between compassion and great compassion is um, often given with an example if you see somebody drowning somebody uh, on the shore may say oh that person's drowning that person's drowning somebody's got to save them okay so they have compassion they want the person to be saved okay somebody with great compassion says they're drowning somebody's got to save them and they jump in okay so with great compassion uh, one is getting involved yeah and and really making a commitment to the welfare of, of living beings. Okay, verse two the mother who gives birth to all the victorious ones, the essential wealth of the conqueror's children, the anonymous benefactor of all beings, may I be protected by great compassion. So the mother who gives birth to all the victorious ones, the victorious ones means the Buddha. Another uh, synonym in the second line is the conquerors. They're called victorious or conquerors because they have uh, been victorious in the battle against the afflictions and the uh, defilements. They have conquered Uh, the obscurations that cloud the mind and prevent full awakening okay so compassion is like a mother who gives birth to all the victorious ones all the Buddhas Uh, the essential wealth of the conquerors children the conquerors children first to the bodhisattvas so their essential wealth you know we usually think of our wealth as what used to be in Wamu and you know what uh, used to be in the stock market and so on okay but for a bodhisattva that's not wealth okay for one of the beings really intent on full awakening wealth is their compassion their wisdom their virtue okay and so feeling wealthy in that respect so this is quite different from how people in the world regard wealth, isn't it? Yeah. We usually think being wealthy is the purpose of our life. A bodhisattva would agree being wealthy is the purpose of your life. But how a bodhisattva defines wealth is so different than how worldly people do. Because how worldly people define wealth, you know, is these transient pieces of paper these transient possessions that come come go go and you can't take them on to your next life and you get all stressed out and produce a ton of negative karma trying to get them you get upset and angry and stressed out and produce another ton of negative karma trying to protect them once you've gotten them and then you get upset and produce more negative karma when you lose them and then when other people have more money and possessions you get jealous 
create more negative karma from that. When you have more money and possessions than other people, you get arrogant, create more negative karma than that, from that. And so, you know, thinking that money is the, the purpose and, and wealth, physical wealth is the purpose of our life, actually leads us into spiritual bankruptcy. So there's nothing wrong with having money and possessions. They aren't the problem. It's our way of relating to them that's the problem. Okay? If we have a healthy relationship with them, then they're fine and we can use money and possessions to benefit sentient beings. But if we don't have a healthy relationship with them, then no matter whether we have a lot or a little, you know, it just becomes more problems in this life and uh, more negative karma that we take with us to future lives. For Bodhisattva, their great wealth is their compassion. And then, of course, the activities they do motivated by compassion, which are the six or the ten uh, far-reaching practices. So generosity, ethical conduct, fortitude, joyous effort, concentration, wisdom, skillful means, aspirational resolves or aspiring resolves um, power and exalted wisdom so that's what a bodhisattva counts as their wealth and that kind of wealth we can take with us into the future lives and that kind of wealth the more we uh, uh, invest it and create more (laughs) yeah then um, then the more it benefits all living beings. Yeah. So that kind of wealth can be dedicated for the benefit of all living beings. We don't need to worry about anybody else stealing it, breaking into our house in the middle of the night and stealing our compassion. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so these internal qualities are the real wealth especially compassion. Okay, compassion is the anonymous benefactor of all beings. Yeah, so the benefactor is the one who helps and great compassion doesn't claim any glory for itself. When we benefact others, we want some praise, don't we? At least a thank you. Yeah. A little bit of glory wouldn't be bad. Yeah. But for compassion, uh, what compassion does for the welfare of sentient beings is totally anonymous. It's just purely for the, the benefit of others without seeking anything in return. So just even hearing about this gives us a goal to, to look towards, you know. When we want meaning and purpose in our lives. You know, we have the goal of, of generating great compassion that can work for the welfare of all beings without expecting anything in return. Isn't that something that gives a lot of meaning and purpose to our life? Isn't that something that you would like to take with you when you die? When you're on your deathbed and you look back at your life, isn't that something that you would like to say, oh, I did that. 
I feel good about my life. Okay. And so he concludes the, the verse, May I be protected by great compassion. Somehow that line really hits me. May I be protected by great compassion. Okay. Now, one way of seeing it is, May other people be compassionate to me. Okay? May I be protected by their great compassion. In other words, the compassions of the Buddhas, the Bodhisattvas, my teachers, and so on. May their compassion protect me. But, I think that's kind of the baby inside of me that looks at, at it like that. I think the more mature person, when I say, may I be protected by great compassion, means may my mind be protected from anger, jealousy, greed, self-centeredness. And what will protect my mind from those harmful mental states is compassion. So compassion becomes our protector because when it's in our mind, then the afflictions and the self-centered mind can't manifest and trample our wholesomeness trample our joy okay so it's our own internal compassion that I think becomes our real protector mm-hmm. not somebody else's compassion somebody else's compassion is a model for us it gives us inspiration but at the end of the day we have to count on our own compassion don't we to get through life. When we face difficulties, we're not sure that, you know, this is what's very comfortable about a theistic religion, you know. You pray to somebody else when we have suffering and then we expect an angel or somebody to come down and swoop us up and solve the problems. But it doesn't work that way. Yeah. might be comforting emotionally but it doesn't work that way but uh, when we say you know, may I be protected by great compassion that means when we have problems may I generate great compassion in the face of my problems and difficulties may I generate great compassion in the face of my misery because that compassion inside me will protect me from suffering now and from creating the cause of future suffering and from remaining stuck in cyclic existence or even remaining stuck in the uh, liberation of a hearer or a solitary realizer arhat okay so great compassion is our protector do you feel that, that somehow that's so beautiful for me to, to, to read that line? May I be protected by great compassion and to think in that way. It's very moving. Verse 3. Prostrating to it alone encompasses making prostrations and offerings to all the victorious ones and their children. I praise great compassion. Okay, so when we... Um, 
And by praising great compassion, it's tantamount to making offerings, taking refuge, paying homage to, and bowing to all the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. Because great compassion is the thing that is most precious to them. And so, actually, you know, if you were a Buddha or a Bodhisattva, and you really, you know, your topmost interest was other sentient beings' happiness, then the best thing that you could wish for them to have would be great compassion and wisdom. Yeah. And so, uh, when other sentient beings have great compassion and wisdom, or even if they praise great compassion to a bodhisattva or a Buddha's mind, they think that that's far superior than pra- praising them because they don't care much for praise. But if we praise great compassion, if we praise bodhicitta, then it turns our mind towards that and helps us to develop those attitudes. And that's what the Buddhists and Bodhisattvas want most for us. It's interesting. When we do the four immeasurables and we're cultivating love and we say, may all sentient beings have happiness in its causes, it's quite interesting to think about uh, what is happiness? What do we wish for sentient beings? And so most of us usually think, you know, may they live in a peaceful place may they have food and clothing and medicine and shelter may they have friends may they feel comfortable may they have an education may they have money and possessions you know we think along that line when we do the meditation on loving kindness and that's that's very good to wish that for others but that alone is a limited kind of happiness that we're wishing for them. Because we may wish that they have food and they have it and then it's gone in 15 minutes. So when we wish uh, people transient things, it helps them in the short term. But it doesn't give long-term relief from the ailment of cyclic existence. The, the huge sickness and catastrophic illness of samsara. Whereas if we wish others to have great compassion and wisdom, then we're really wishing them to have the causes of a kind of happiness that doesn't decline and that is stable once it's attained. Hmm? So try that sometime when you're doing the loving-kindness meditation and wish others to have compassion and wisdom. And especially think of the people that you don't get along with. And may they have compassion and wisdom. And not just towards me. But may their hearts be free from whatever ails them. So try this when you're meditating on love. You know, think of high, top grade compassion. 
triple A compassion (laughs) not just single A compassion (laughs) 